We are back. It's the playoffs. It is fucking time. You know it's real when I drop a a fuck within the first seven seconds of this podcast. Time. Look, if and if you're in a league with a week 17 championship, um, I'm sorry that you're not in the playoffs right now, but you should stop doing that immediately. Um, but with with that being said, it's yeah, playoff yeah. time, so we are going to step our game up too. The we've announced this on every show so far, but the official announcement is here this Sunday, next Sunday, and the Sunday be, and the Sunday of Championship Sunday, we are going to be doing a live stream on Instagram. Follow at Brodo Fantasy on Instagram to be part of that live stream. We will be answering your questions, giving you updates up to the minute, um, start sit decisions up to the minute, weather decisions up to the minute, um, maybe last second pickups up to the minute, everything. We're going to be taking all your questions. As you know, we already answer your Any questions. Any way you want it, that's the way you need it. This is not the time for Michael's jukebox to go off. <laughs> As you know, we are we already give you all the advice that you can handle on Twitter every single Sunday morning. We're going to be answering those questions and giving you a sneak peek behind the scenes of how we come up with those decisions. A lot of the times, we're all in a car together coming back from, the, from a football game, and we literally just... Talk fantasy the whole time. Start to see decisions. What are the pros? What are the cons? Looking up stats. Um, looking at our rankings. Um, measuring, seeing, seeing how it fits. All of this we're gonna do live right in front of you on Twitter. We're gonna try and get it done by noon. So set your alarm clocks. At noon we're going live. Eastern time. Eastern time. Noon Eastern time. Yes, one hour before the games. We're gonna lead you right up into those games, and then we're gonna watch the games together like good brothers do. Trying to do what brothers do. <laughs> um, if you didn't know already, I'm your host, Tim Petropolis, here with the only two twins that are coming at you so live, <laughs> Michael and Jason Petropolis. That was that was a nod. A nod Awful. Tim. Listen, shut your face, number one. Number You're two. just so infested and fancy this week, you don't have time to think about intros. Facts. Um, number two... What was I going to say now? I, you, you completely... Oh. Just start the show, kid. No, 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 no. Listen. No, no, no. BrotoFantasy.com is your hub for everything if you want to see our rankings. Um, also, Patreon.com slash BrotoFantasy. You can get that through BrotoFantasy.com, but if you want to go straight to the source, Patreon.com slash BrotoFantasy. We will give the patrons the first crack at the questions. We will. They will be our priority because, you know, they gave us money and we appreciate it. So... Patreon.com if you want that priority. Patreon.com if you want the if you want the extra episodes. That extra episode is going to transition into an episode where we only take your questions as the offseason comes to a thunderous, thunderous, thunderous Close. beginning. Not the offseason. Oh. Um, <laughs> that Every end is a new beginning, right? That's right. Uh, Every new beginning is... Th- no, no, no. What was the closing time? Every new beginning comes from some other beginnings. And this yeah. episode. The worst beginning of a podcast we've ever had. This episode begins right now. Welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrotoFantasy.com. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, with my brothers, the only two twins that give you double that fantasy goodness, Michael and Jason Petrop. 
take me home. I know who I want to take me home. I'll just wait for Jason to jump. That was in. Be- I know he didn't even jump in. He's, he's it's because he's a special guest now. He's a, look at his bleed. face. He's like, oh yeah, why would you expect me to have fun with you guys? Wednesday I'm night. Serious. I'm, I'm a lawyer now. I'm here on a Wednesday night as a special guest, and I have to hear you sing. <laughs> it's never gonna get old, ever. <laughs> um, yeah. So we already plugged everything we need to plug. Shout out to Thrive Fantasy before we begin as well. Um, get in those lobbies, Thrive. If you're knocked out of the playoffs. Which, if you listen to Broder, you're probably not. But if True. there is a chance that you're knocked out of the playoffs, um, guess what? You have still have something to play for. ThriveFantasy.com or the Thrive Fantasy app. Put in the promo code Broto and get $10 free with your first deposit of $10 or more. So with that being said, let's get right into it. What do you guys say? Let's do it. This, this first game, Cowboys at the Bears. The Bears. A uh, interesting matchup because the Bears offense has been playing much better of late. The Cowboys have kind of sputtered. Um, so, with that being said, let's start with the Bears. So, I was listening to another podcast. Um, shout out to the fantasy footballers, our inspiration. Well, my inspiration for asking you guys to start this podcast. I don't, and uh, since then, you guys have become fans of them as well because they are the realness. And Jason Moore, shout out to Jason Moore, he had a very interesting stat. When Mitch Trubisky faces a top 10 defense, he averages 10 fantasy points per game. When he faces a yeah, bottom 10 defense, he averages 21 points per game. So yum. Mitchell Trubisky is good against bad teams and bad against good teams. The Cowboys, so he's Amari Cooper. Right. He's, he's Amari Cooper. The Cowboys are a good team. So you can't expect Mitchell Trubisky, if you're going by that, to have a game. You're probably not starting Mitchell Trubisky in this anyway. And usually, guys, I will say this as well. We usually give you a... A in-depth look at every single player. Today, we're going to be concentrating on the players that you need to play in the playoffs. So we're not even going to talk about Mr. Bisky. We're going to talk about him in the sense of what he's going to do for his wide receivers, right? If you have a question for us, if we don't mention a player that you're considering starting, for example, the Twins don't think Nelson Aguilar is a starting player this week. I do. So if you are one of those guys who's like, I got this hunch again about like Alan Lazard or, or Nelson Aguilar, someone we might not have mentioned, then hit us up on Twitter, at Broto Fantasy, and we will answer your question. With that being said, Allen Robinson, in these games that Mitchell Trubisky sucks in, tends to get peppered with targets. Tends to get crazy targets thrown at him. In the other games, it's more spread out, where there's some love to go around for Anthony Miller. So, in this game, how do you feel about Allen Robinson? How do you feel about Anthony Miller? Michael Here we go again with a Rob. Dude. Yo, he's been again. good, though. No, like, no, no. But listen, because, yes, he has been good against the Giants and Detroit. Right? Like, I, I ranked them a little higher. Detroit surprised me a bit. He beat uh, Darius Slay a few times. But when he's played legit cornerbacks, like when he went up against uh, Chris Harris, he went 4 for 41. Uh, Washington, Quentin Dunbar has been the best cornerback in the league this year, according to PFF, 6 for 60. Um, against Casey Hayward, 5 for 62. And then the Jalen Ramsey, 4 for 15. So these are all very mediocre games against the upper echelon of cornerbacks in the league. And now he gets Jalen Ramsey, uh, excuse me, Byron Jones this week in Dallas. And his 14th overall expert consensus ranking as of now is a little crazy to me. I think he's a low-end wide receiver 2, high-end wide receiver 3, just because of the volume he's been seeing. But a Thursday night game against a tough 
uh, cornerback is a tough matchup for A-Rob. Jason? You know how I feel about A-Rob. He's been coming up. Uh, he's been hotter as of late, throwing up 19 and, sorry, I'm looking at standard, 22 and 19 points last two games. But Michael made the point that I was going to make. Listen, if his quarterback is good against bad teams, he's good against bad teams. If his quarterback is bad against bad teams, he's bad against bad teams. That's just how uh, this team works. So I'm not super excited about Allen Robinson, but at this point he should be started. They've had some good matchups. Um, they haven't faced a pass defense that's in the top 10. I mean, they've only faced bottom um, bottom third sorry, defenses except for the, the Rams in the, since week seven. They're coming up on Dallas at Green Bay and Kansas City, who Kansas City has been one of the better pass defenses in the league this year. Yeah, uh, Dallas has been good too, so it's it's tough uh, playoff stretch for these three, especially because it's Mitch Trubisky. Jason, how do you feel about Anthony Miller, who has been super hot of late, saw over 30% target share last week, who has over 10 targets in the last two games. Taylor Gabriel still in concussion protocol. I think that if Taylor Gabriel plays, then you got to pivot off Anthony Miller. But how do you feel about Anthony Miller in a tough matchup? Uh, you definitely got it right. It definitely is dependent on Taylor Gabriel because, I mean, Anthony Miller, if you look at his last few targets, he has 11, 9, and 13 targets in his last three games. And that game where he saw 11, Taylor Gabriel saw 13 or 14. So the Bears have definitely been throwing it around more recently, and we saw what Anthony Miller could do with – he got hurt against uh, – we've, we've seen what he could do with Taylor Gabriel is what I was trying to say. So – He's he has flex appeal. You have to admit it, especially if Jones is going to be on a Rob. The secondary cornerback options aren't the dauntiest in Dallas. What was that? That's the second cornerback. The secondary cornerback. No, but like, what was the the way you said that? The way his name, just all the like connotations and sh- not connotations. The fucking the I'm blanking on the word, but where all the syllables. Uh, I guess, sure, you can say syllables. Where all the syllables are, it just rolls off your tongue that way. I don't think it rolls off your tongue that way at it all. You, you sound like someone who is <laughs> trying, name. To, trying to... Chidobe Awuzie? You sound like someone who's trying Chidobe to scare Chidobe me. Chidobe Um. All right. Let's go over to the running game then. Uh, David Montgomery, he's been up and down all year. Um, scored a touchdown. And basically it's been if... David Montgomery scores a touchdown. He's been good. If he doesn't, he's been bad. He's had one game of over 100 yards all year. One game of over 40 yards, if I'm not mistaken, as Michael pointed out um, uh, a few weeks ago. So, if you if he's if you have him, he's probably a guy who starts for you in your flex RB two spot. Um, how do you feel about him against the Cowboys this week? Yeah, Tim, did you say 40 yards? I think that's what Mike didn't. That, isn't that what Michael said? He. I don't know what you're before, thinking. Before, before last week, he surpassed forty yards once. The prior once. four weeks, yeah, yeah. Oh, the prior, all right, four the prior four weeks. Yeah, yeah. My you bad. Need to my make bad. That known. Yeah, I I made it sound like it was all year. I all right. I, I, I realize that now. No, the prior four weeks. But yeah, uh, I'm actually a little higher on David Montgomery than expert consensus ranking as of now. Uh, Thursday night game, I expect them to want to establish the run a bit. And Dallas has been prone to the big games. We saw Singletary have a nice game last week. We saw. Uh, Aaron Jones have his four touchdown game against uh, Dallas, and they've been they've been getting beat on the ground more and more. They have they're they're a pretty inconsistent defense overall, 
but I do expect uh, Chicago to try to run it early and often against Dallas, which is a good thing for Montgomery because if he gets the 18 to 22 touches, which he's been getting, he'll have a good shot of finding the end zone. But he is a tad bit touchdown dependent as always. Jason? Uh, I agree. I, I'll i touch on Terry Cohen since Michael talked about Montgomery. That's not someone that he, he started to gain a little bit of steam there, and then last week he went back down to only seven touches. So not necessarily someone, if I'm in a playoff game, I'm going to be hard-pressed to start Terry Cohen because even if, unless you need seven points safely, I'm I'm going to go with someone who has more upside, even if it's someone that I have lower in my rankings because I just don't see how Terry Cohen is going to help anyone advance in the playoffs. Yeah, I got to I gotta agree with you on that one as well. Anyone else in this team you want to talk about before we switch over to the Cowboys? No. Cowboys have been pretty suspect recently. Their owner comes out and calls them out, and then all of a sudden they suck. Um, Dak Prescott is a quarterback where you have loved owning him uh, up until the the last couple weeks, especially when he's been putting up monster passing numbers. Now, to be fair, it's only been one week that he sucked, and it was against New England in, in the pouring rain, right? Besides that, he's put up 20 or more points in... He's only not put up 20 points three times all season. He's been one of the safest quarterbacks there is. Chicago, though, 26th against the quarterback in terms of uh, points allowed. So if let's say there was this person on our one of our friends who asked us, Brian Tannehill or Dak Prescott. I think Dak Prescott's in that conversation. Who would you go with in this game, Tannehill or Prescott? I'd go with Tannehill personally, but I just have to say this real quick because there is a Twitter guy who is for some reason in like a high up position in a fantasy industry who I do not respect at all. He's just terrible at fantasy. I don't want to say his name, but he had Latavius Murray higher than Aaron Jones preseason. Let's just leave it at that. It's absolutely disgusting. And he he said, oh, Dak Prescott puts up seven points a game less on the road. There's no way you could play him. Someone said Trubisky over him, and he said yes. And like shit like that. Like he played against New England on the road. New England is literally the most difficult matchup you could have. He had a bad game against New Orleans week four. New Orleans has had very good defensive games this year. And then he's been fine on the road. 29 points against Washington, 18 against the Jets, 22 against New York, and 32 against Detroit. You, that's why you have to watch out for these this these averages stuff. A lot of people will look at averages, but one game could take down your average. Two games against a really good New Orleans defense and a shitty weather game where nothing was going right is a combined 14 points. That's going to kill your average. Exactly. So now he gets Chicago, which is a very difficult matchup, which is why I am hindering my expectations a bit. But to say to start Mitch Trubisky over him is, is a joke. I have missed my QB 12 this week. I do expect him to at least have a decent game against Chicago. I just don't see the huge upside. What about his weapons, Jason? Uh, Amari Cooper, like you said, he tends to disappear against good defenses and playing good corners. Now, this isn't one of those matchups where he's playing a really good corner, but this is a matchup where he's playing a really good secondary overall. So, with that being said, last week he went up against one of those um, really good secondaries. 11 targets, 8 receptions for 85 yards following his donut. He has not been a great wide receiver the past three weeks. Before that, he was giving you all you needed. The problem is Amari Cooper got a scary, scary floor, man. What yeah, do you, what do you I think, mean, Jay? 
he surpassed 14 half uh, standard points. Why do I keep going with standard, man? He surpassed uh, 13 half PPR points twice in his last seven games. Uh, it's been the Amari Cooper roller coaster that seemed like it might not be the case after the first few weeks. And I agree with his expert consensus rating right now at, at 20. There were times at this season where he was up in the top five. At this point, he's a boom-bust wide receiver too, and odds are you're throwing him out there because you're not going to have much better options on your bench probably. He still has that boom potential. But against a tough Chicago secondary on the road, this could be a week where he puts up his three points. Yeah, it's tough for Cooper and Gallup. I think is more of a low-end wide receiver three flex play as well. I'm counting this up right now. Give me one second. Five, six, seven. Uh, to let you know just how good the Chicago Bears have been against wide receivers this week, I mean this year, they've only given up seven touchdowns um, overall to wide receivers, and they've only given up 100-yard games twice, one to Stephon Diggs and one to Michael Thomas, who puts up 100 yards game. Well, on Kenny there. Galladay last week. Oh, right? and Kenny Galladay, the 158. So they've only given up 300-yard games. They've only given up seven total touchdowns to wide receivers. And so wide receivers in general have not been having success against this Cowboys defense. I mean, this uh, Bears defense. Now, that's a problem when you are literally banking on probably three different wide receivers in this league because Michael Gallup is a weekly starter at this point for people in the playoffs, especially if they start three wide receivers. Mm-hmm. So we're not that high on Amari Cooper. What's your feelings about Michael Gallup? This Could this be a, a really shitty game for him? Uh, Gallup has been pretty consistent um, as a secondary option there, more consistent than Cooper. Like His ceiling hasn't been as high, but at least he's been putting up decent numbers throughout this fairly difficult stretch that they've been in eight and eight against new england and buffalo isn't going to kill you and then 16 and 19 against minnesota and detroit previously so chicago's a tough matchup but i wouldn't i'm okay with putting him as your wide receiver three or flex play because all he needs is one big play and dak prescott has been very solid this season so I'm, i'm fine with it i just don't expect a big upside where there was a few weeks where i had him ranked inside the top 18 like that's not going to be the case this week um just for the record here uh, Dallas and Chicago, the over-under is 43 points with Chicago, the three-point home underdog to Dallas on Thursday. Um, so keep that in mind uh, as we go forward. Last but not least is the Zeke man. Zeke, freaky Zeke. What's going on with Zeke? <laughs> He's been playing better right. lately. He would have had one of the He's better games of his okay lately. If he found He's the end been, zone last week, he would have had one of the better games of his season. That's the thing. Um, the positive is that he saw 10 targets for seven catches and 66 yards in a game where the Cowboys were down a lot. So essentially game script proof. That's always a positive for your running back. He's either going to run it or pass it. This odd thing though, six touchdowns in the first seven games for Zeke. And then the, uh, final five games that he's played after the bye week, he has one game with two touchdowns. No other touchdowns in the other games. So that's a bit of an anomaly there. Uh, Chicago is beatable on the ground. They, you'd, you'd prefer to beat them on the ground than on the road. Sorry, through the air. <laughs> <laughs> so I think Zeke will have a good game. I mean, he has a safe floor. You just got to hope he finds the end zone if you really want Zeke points, like what you've come to know for Zeke. 
They've been mid-range against the running back, and it's, it's fair to say that even the 12th DVOA against the running back out of the backfield. So not a crazy good defense, but also not someone who's like, yeah, start Zeke for sure. He's going to have 30 points. But, I mean, you got Ezekiel Elliott. You're playing him, and you're, you got to ride your, your bell cows at this point. And if yep. Ezekiel Elliott doesn't show up for you, then you're probably going to not be in the playoffs anymore. That's what goes. The big guy's got to show up, and that's just it. All right, let's go over to our next game. It is the Washington Redskins at the Green Bay Packers. Let's start on Washington's side because I don't think you could start any Washington pass or pass-catching options. Am I alone in that? No. Uh, after what happened last week with Terry McLaurin, I don't see how you could start him again. I mean, he has the potential to be great. But it's clearly just not going to happen with Dwayne Haskins. Dwayne Haskins is awful. And Terry McLaurin just put up two receptions for eight yards against the Panthers on four targets. This is a running football team that's just going to run nonstop. And when they do pass, Dwayne, I don't even think Dwayne Haskins has passed for over like 170 yards yet in his career. He's It's bad. So, yeah, you cannot Tim, trust a single pass catching option. I know you said jump off bandwagons too quick, but there's no way that Dwayne Haskins ends up a good quarterback. I don't know if there's no way, but, I mean, history does say that no good quarterback has ever come out of Ohio State ever. So there's that. Um, this is the lowest. It has been a rough start to his career. This is the lowest implied total, uh, tied for the lowest implied total of the weekend at 41 points. Green Bay is at 13-point favorite. So what's that implied total for Washington, like nine, if I'm, if, if I'm doing my math right? What's the over-under? 41. 13-point favorite to 42. 41. So, so it's like 26-13 or something. Yeah. Around that, 27 Lower. to 14, some shit like you that. You said 42, no? 41. 41, and how much of a favorite are they? Minus 13. 27-14 is the projected. 27-14, so two touchdowns. Um, both of those touchdowns probably going to come from the running back side. Now, the only problem is, like, look, we talked about Darius Geis and how good he's looked. The only problem is this running game is going to run, 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 even when they're down. That's good news because you have two playable running backs probably in Adrian Peterson and Darius guys. But bad news is Chris Thompson's back. So now you have a three-headed backfield. And I don't know if I want any part of a three-headed backfield for Washington in Lambeau. I actually agree with you here, Tim. Uh, I have Darius Geis as my RB30. Expert consensus has him at 24 as of now. I don't see how you could possibly trust him inside the top 24 running backs with nobody on by. The just the share in the backfield wasn't there last week either. I mean, he had 12 total touches including two receptions. Like do you really want a running back on the Redskins who's going to need to be product- productive with 12 touches? Cuz I sure don't. Can he have another game that like he had against Carolina? Sure, he looked great against Carolina, but he could also have a game like he did against Detroit where he went 10 for 32. It's not something I want to hang my hat on if I have better options, but if you want to put him in your flex, I don't hate it. Just know there's a ton of risk. Jason? And I'm certainly not trusting AP or Chris Thompson. Yeah. Jason? I agree completely. It's good to see him average almost 13 yards a carry, but that's what he's going to need in order to be successful in this Redskins offense, especially because he's only seeing about 10 rushes a game. They're trying to ease him in. He's a young player. Not someone I'd like to trust in a playoff round. I'll probably have him ranked around where Michael has him to around 30. Let's go to the other side then. This is a bad defense, and Aaron Rodgers has... So, Aaron Rodgers has been the ultimate conundrum this year because he comes out week six, 19 points against Detroit. Then, 
Five touchdowns and 429 yards against Oakland. 43 points. Then three touchdowns and 305 against Kansas City. But then in three really tough matchups with tough secondaries, 12 points with one touchdown, 161 yards. 233 points, uh, 30 yards, no touchdowns, 10 points. 104 yards with one touchdown. And then he blows up against a really good matchup with the Giants, 28.12 points. 243 yards and four touchdowns. Washington has given up the 11th most points to quarterbacks this year. I think you play Aaron Rodgers, but then I don't think you can play him against Chicago. So Aaron Rodgers is the QB2 right now, expert consensus ranking. I have him at six. Just the upside is way, I mean, the, the floor is way too low for you to have my number two overall, in my opinion. The thing is, Washington, their past defense has been decent basically all season but the last five weeks they've been worse uh fourth most qb points over that span and last week it was buoyed a little bit by the fact that the redskins got out to a big lead so kyle allen put up big numbers against them because they had to come from behind that's not going to happen with the packers man they're going to take a lead and then they're just going to run the ball so I'm, I'm a little worried about aaron Rodgers' upside i think it is capped a bit like even against the giants he had 10 at halftime and then he ended up throwing for two more touchdowns in the second half. I don't see him throwing four touchdowns again against Washington. So I'm okay with him as a mid-range QB1. I just I do think there is a bit of a a stoppage there as, as ceiling goes. First, three of the first uh, – I'm sorry. For the first five weeks, the Redskins defense has allowed three passing TDs to a quarterback. Weeks one, two, three, and five. Wentz, Prescott, Trubisky, Tom Brady. Since then, they've only allowed one game of three touchdowns or more. That was to Sam Darnold. And besides that, they haven't allowed a quarterback to pass for more than one touchdown. Besides Kyle Allen last week, but you said there was a lot of garbage time. So this team is a little better than people give them credit for. At least their defense is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah at least their defense is. On the other side, though, I mean, you got to love Devonta Adams in this game. You just have to love him. I mean, he's going to go up against Quentin Dunbar, the number one ranked cornerback in PFF. So it's not the easiest matchup. You hear Washington, you're like, yes, but it's not going to be the easiest matchup for Devontae Adams. You do have to love that he found the end zone again last week, twice after not finding the end zone at all through the first 11 weeks of the season, albeit there was a bye and four missed games in there, but still. Uh, so yeah, you got to love that the touchdown potential is coming back. And against Washington, you got to fire him up as a Wide receiver one, I just think his upside, again, might be a little capped with the possibility of Green Bay taking an early lead and Quentin Dunbar playing well. Let's say you need a moonshot. Alan Lazard, Geronimo Allison, Marquez Valdez, Scantling, Jimmy Graham. Can you play any of these guys? I can't do it. This is too... Well, I can't win with them. I can't do of it. Of them, it's Alan Lazard. Of them, it's Alan Lazard. But, I mean, besides I mean, that, if you're in the situation, like I said earlier, I'd rather take an upside shot at Alan Lazard than Tariq Cohen. Okay. That is interesting. Um, in the backfield, we have Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams. Aaron Jones gets stifled again last week, but the stats, there are more than meets the eyes with the stats because he got three goal line opportunities, got stuffed twice, and then he scored a touchdown that got that got called back from a, for a, um, a holding penalty. Aaron Rodgers, on the other hand, throws four touchdowns. I think that Aaron Jones... We've been on point with our guaranteed to score touchdowns predictions so far this year. I think Aaron Jones is guaranteed to score a touchdown this week. Yeah, Yo, you know, 
I didn't see that his touchdown was called back. So I was talking to Michael the other day, and he said Aaron Jones slacked again. I was like, what are you talking about? He had a good game. <laughs> because, like, dude, no, no, he didn't have a touchdown. I was like, wow. You gotta I like to... the fact that he had four receptions. I, again, I did not see that it was brought back. But on that note, I'm doubling down on Aaron Jones week. I know I said it last week. He could have scored two touchdowns. And I think that this is the week where it's going to happen. In matchups like Washington, man. It's just it's not a good run defense. Like Michael said, their secondary hasn't been that bad. Dunbar's been killing it. So I'd rather I think it's gonna be an Aaron Jones game. I'm doubling down. I also think Jamal Williams definitely has some flex appeal. I mean, he's been usable basically all season now, but especially since week six. I mean, twenty two, eleven, seventeen, fourteen, six, twelve, and nine is pretty great. And out of a flex spot. And he's gonna get you ten to fifteen touches in a high powered offense. They're probably gonna take a lead and run the ball more so than they have uh, in tougher matchups, so I like Jamal Williams as a flex player here too. Michael, asking for a friend of a friend's sister's dog's cousin's uncle's f- partner. What does Jerome need? Um, Jamal Williams versus Washington. Sony Michelle versus Kansas City. Hmm. I'm going Sony Michelle. Wow, Michael's going Sony Michelle. That means something. It's against KC, man. They yeah. they're gonna need to score points. Yeah, they're gonna have to. Hmm. Interesting. Very, very interesting. My friend's brother, sister's cousins, uncles, dogs, cats, sibling. The last time Sony Michelle scored a, a touchdown to was the game that we went to. It's pretty nuts. That was a long time ago. He scored a bunch of touchdowns that game. Um, let's go over to uh the next game. Speaking of our Jets, Dolphins at the Jets. Uh the Jets laid an absolute stink bomb last week, but like I said earlier, man, do you know what? A lot of people these days don't watch games and they just look at numbers and they look at box scores and they look at analytics and they go to pff and they see something and they're like this team is better so this team should win look i know that the Bengals hadn't won a game yet but the Bengals' strength is their defensive line the jets weakness is their offensive line that was just a really bad matchup for the Jets. This is not a bad matchup for the Jets. Same thing with the Raiders. The Raiders were a bad matchup in in terms of losing to the Jets because the Jets exploited all of the Raiders' weaknesses. They are a good they are a good running team. The Jets had a good run defense. They lost both of their safeties. The Jets have guys that can take you over the top. So, when you put that into consideration I would forget about it and play Donald this week what do you guys think I'm okay with that uh, I knew this was coming man at some point I expected it to happen against the Raiders happened against Cincinnati where the Jets just come crashing back down again because you know Jets fans just can't be on that high for longer than like three weeks yeah they're, they're not allowed it's not allowed but we're still talking about a guy who put up 22 26 and 28 the previous three weeks now he's getting Miami Miami's just been atrocious as a defense uh with with once Xavier Howard went on the IR just basically no one could guard anyone there so it's been feast even Carson Wentz who hasn't put up more than uh 15 in over five weeks put up 25 against Miami so I'm firing up San Darnold as a QB1 again this week guys there's only been two quarterbacks that have not passed for at least two touchdowns against the Miami Dolphins this season one of them was Brian Hoyer in that game where, what a debacle. And one of them was Sam Darnold? And one of them was Sam Darnold. So, um, Sam Darnold did not do well, but uh, maybe the maybe this is a different one. I don't know. Um, what about Le'Veon Bell? Le'Veon Bell, his only big run of the day last week, got called back because of a holding penalty. 
we thought that he was going to get big-time work against a really bad run defense, ended up not getting that big-time work. But with that being said, this is such a beatable offense versus Miami. Guys just run all over them. Um, some big games this year. So with that being said, what do you think? You got to keep firing up Le'Veon Bell. I mean, a guy that's going to see at least 15 touches, and that's on the low end because that's what you've seen recently. But last time he played in Miami, he had 25 touches. And we're, we're talking about Miami here. Let's not equate that stinker to this game because if we do, Le'Veon Bell put up 16 points in that half PPR in that game. So that would be his floor for this game against Miami if you want to look at it that way because there's not really a way that the Jets go differently. I do worse than the last time they played Miami. This time their home Miami has been scoring too, which is a good thing because that's going to induce the Jets to keep scoring and to keep running and throwing. So I, I think the Le'Veon Bell will be a good play this week. Also, I know Le'Veon Bell has been disappointing, but even with his disappointing games, he's the running back 12 right now. So he's been a consistent RB1 for you throughout the throughout throughout the the fantasy season I guess is what the word I'm looking for only has one game of 20 and it was week one but without that he hasn't really had a game that really shit all over you even last game where he sucked he still had 8.7 points so he gave you something um I'm a, I'm a fan of of him this week what about the trio of receivers Demarius Thomas Robbie Anderson Jameson Crowder uh at first, it was the Jameson Crowder show. He's really died down the last couple of weeks. Now we look at it the other way around, and it's the Robbie Anderson show. Um, how do you guys feel about this these matchups this week? Thankfully, the DT leading the team in targets thing is over. That never made any sense. So I'm not considering DT at all, even against Miami. Crowder, you absolutely have to play because the Dolphins are trash against a slot receiver. And we've seen Crowder prior to the last two weeks where he just completely shit the bed. It's just pretty crazy, the drop-off that happened. But prior to that, man, 83 yards, 81 yards, 76 yards, and a touchdown in each of those games. I trust him as a wide receiver three this week against Miami. The Jets are going to exploit that pass defense. So, And same thing goes with uh, Robbie Anderson. He's becoming more and more of a threat in that passing offense. Uh, four for 86 against Oakland, and then 10 targets. First time he saw double-digit targets last week against Cincy. 7 for 101 in a game where that offense looked terrible, but Robbie Anderson looked great. So now he gets Miami here too, so I think you could trust him as a wide receiver 3 as well. Um, well, the offense has struggled a little bit this season. I feel like the Jets have just come out and peppered Jamison Crowder with targets. So my bold prediction this week is the first drive, Crowder's going to have 330 and 1. Hmm. 330 yards on the first drive? <laughs> yeah, crazy, right? A so, lot of penalties. I mean, three catches, three catches... 30 yards is something that Jameson Crowder has done in the first quarter multiple times this year. Uh, so it's not far-fetched. Miami, 31st in DVOA against the number one receiver. Um, 32nd dead last in DVOA against the running back out of the backfield. Um, against a slot receiver, 21st. So that's their best ranking, but still sucks. So um, there's definitely open space for that. What about Ryan Griffin? He hasn't found the end zone. Well, he didn't find the end zone last week against Cincy. But he still saw seven targets, man. Went five for 30, which is not going to blow you out of the water. But that's what you need to take at the tight end position sometimes when you're streaming tight ends. So Vance McDonald is someone you could consider if he's on the waiver wire just because Arizona. He's playing against Arizona. But other than that, if you're still doing a streaming tight ends thing, I'm okay with Ryan Griffin against Miami. 
Jason? Uh, I know Vance McDonald's playing Arizona, but I can't trust him. I'm going Ryan Griffin. He doesn't uh, have he doesn't have 40 yards this year. But neither did Tyler Higgins. Doesn't, doesn't matter who Ryan Griffin. Ryan, I uh, know, no Vance, Vance McDonald. McDonald. Not a single oh, game of over 40 yards. But tight end, tight end against Arizona is the tight end one on the season. Yeah, Tyler Higby like has half of his career yards in just that game. Yeah, so that's why I mean you gotta at least think McDonald could be a decent streamer. Yeah, I agree. Well, we'll get to that. Um, let's go over to the other side. Not really anything to talk about in Miami except two guys. Devontae Parker, who has been the wide receiver two. Yeah, three guys. The wide receiver two. That's right, guys. Did you hear what I said? Overall. The wide receiver two overall the past four weeks. He's been fantastic ever since Ryan Fitzpatrick took back over. Not for nothing, Ryan Fitzpatrick also has been fantastic. He's already handed the Jets a loss this season. Um, there's no way that you could sit Devontae, I mean, Devontae Parker. Yeah, There's no way. Uh, bless Austin has been great for the Jets since he returns from his injury, but are you really not going to start Devontae Parker because Bless Austin, a uh, sixth-round rookie, is starting his year good? The most surprising unit for the Jets that has actually been good is their cornerback group. Yeah. So bless, now, bless on Austin, um, Mollette, and Poole have been pretty good. Yeah. And the last time Devontae Parker had less than 10 points was week three. I mean, he put up 9.9 in week 10. So, I mean, if you really want to be annoying about it. But other than that, he's been... Double digits every single week since week three. Just put him in your wide receiver two spot. Be happy that you took the chance on Devontae Parker and not anyone else in your league because it's been glorious. I think you got to play Mike Kosicki as well. If you're streaming tight ends and you found him on the waiver wire, he's a guy that you can plug and play at this point. I have a thing to say about Mike Kosicki. Not only have I been touting Mike Kosicki for weeks now, yeah, you have. even Jason made fun of me for it. That's right, Jay. Suck it. But, look, if he... If Jamal Adams plays, Jamal Adams is week to week. It's a very tough matchup for Gesicki because Jamal Adams has played well against the tight end position this season. But if Jamal Adams is ruled out, Mike Gesicki becomes probably my favorite streaming option of the week. Jason? It's five weeks in a row seeing at least six targets. And Ryan Fitzpatrick has been pretty good recently. So, yeah, I, I'm down with Gesicki now. I've been, I've been convinced. Jets are five-and-a-half-point favorites. For a 45 over under I'm total. I'm kind of surprised they're five and a half point favorites. Yeah, so the... Seems a little high, right? Yeah. But they're implied to score at least three touchdowns in this game from totally. Vegas. So 26 to 19. Is the there you go. So 26 to 19. So that should give you a... You know, we don't, we don't live and die by these. Obviously, sometimes Vegas is obviously wrong. That's why they lose money. But at the same time... Um, these Vegas guys know what they're doing. They've set these lines. It's their job, and it's usually pretty much on the money. So um, use those lines to help you decide. Like if, you, if you're trying to play a guy and you're like, man, is his team going to score a lot of points? You go to Indianapolis, Tampa Bay, for example, the over under is 47. You're like, all right, I might want to play some offensive players in that game. Um, anyone else you want to talk about? Uh, yeah, let's talk about the running back situation. Um Kalen Balaj and his 1.8 yards per carry this season are officially on IR, which which clears the way for a white running back, Patrick Laird, um, to come through. This team now has two white running backs in Zach Zenner and Patrick Laird, probably the first time in history that has happened. Um, do we have any interest in him against the number one run defense in the league in the Jets? He's going to need to find the end zone through the air if he's going to have a decent game. 
But against the Jets, yeah. He's going to split work with Miles Gaskin. He had 10 rushes to Gaskin's 8. And Gaskin might even take more work from him because Laird only went 5 yards on those 10 rushes. So, yeah. Th- these are desperation. He's a desperation flex play. And let's not forget how good the Jets are on the ground. Riverboat Ron Rivera has been fired, and his team takes on Atlanta in the Superdome. 47, uh, not, not the Superdome, the Mercedes-Benz Dome. Uh, 47.5 over under. Atlanta is a three-point favorite over Carolina in this game. Wow. Um, let's start with the Carolina side. When a head coach gets fired, one of two things usually happens. Either the team comes out flat or the team comes out inspired. We saw with the Redskins, the team came out inspired. But when Ron Rivera was fired this year, no one had a bad word to say about him at all in the locker room for the Panthers. This guy was loved. This guy was uh, cherished. This guy was, he was really a, a player's coach. So do you think there's a possibility that Carolina comes out flat here? Yeah, it seemed like everyone was upset about it, honestly. I wouldn't I wouldn't be shocked if they come out a little a little flat. So any any concern that McCaffrey isn't used as much? No. No, I don't look that far into it. Ah, maybe. Because look, they're not going anywhere. They fired their head coach. They probably want to save this guy. He's not going to win MVP cuz Lamar Jackson and Russell Wilson are balling at the at the rate that they're balling. What's the upside of playing McCaffrey? And this is a kid in McCaffrey who, not don't forget, skipped the bowl game at Stanford. So he is cognizant of his own health. I mean, the upside of playing McCaffrey is overall RB1 every single week. No, no, no. I'm talking about for Carolina. Oh, okay. I was about to say. Come like, on, what? Michael. You're better than that. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. If I was Carolina, I'd probably lighten his workload. So interesting there. So maybe McCaffrey. I mean, obviously, McCaffrey could still go out there and score 30 points for you like he's been doing. But yeah. maybe there is a chance McCaffrey gets a little bit of a lighter workload. Um, they're still going to have to pass the ball. DJ Moore has been a beast lately. Um, Curtis Samuel found the end zone last week. Uh, Kyle Allen has been decent throwing the ball. I, I mean, he's been much better than I think either of us, any of us expected. Uh, maybe not you guys. I know you guys were on the Kyle Allen over Cam Newton bandwagon pretty early on before anyone else was. Um, I don't know what the hell you guys see and how you make these correct predictions, predictions sometimes. Um, but... Oh, also, Matt Paredes, his PFF score is 55. What happened to him, yo? Yeah, what happened to him? Um, but anyway, these passing uh, threats, how do you feel about that? If you're a DJ Moore owner, you've been starting him and you've been loving it. How do you feel about DJ? Sign me up. I have him as my eighth wide receiver. By far the highest I've had him this season. Uh, he's just been ridiculously consistent of late. After the San Francisco game, Prior to the San Francisco game, he did not have 14 points once in any half PPR game. Since then, it's been a completely different season for DJ Moore. 14, 17, 14, 28, and 16. Half-point PPR scoring. Half-point PPR scoring. At least 10 targets in every game except New Orleans where he got 9 targets. Last time he played Atlanta, he went 8 for 95 on 15 targets. Fire him up with a bunch of confidence. Yeah, I mean, this dude is 22 years old. Against uh, playing with a backup QB, and he's going to put up like 1,200 yards on the season. How do you feel about that narrative of, oh, this is this is a better Atlanta team, better defense, better... Nah. Nah. I mean, it lasted for like two weeks, and then they got torched again. Yeah, they have not been good about against wide receivers. But with that being said... I mean, dude. Yeah. Is that not what I said about... Uh, What's their fate? The Eagles last week? 
Like, sometimes teams just start playing better defense, but you still know they're trash. So, don't shy away, especially if it's the playoffs. Um, They are decent against the number one wide receiver, but DJ Moore is not your average number one wide receiver. They are trash against the number two wide receiver and the slot wide receiver, which means Curtis Samuel could be in for a big day. How do you guys feel about Curtis Samuel? Jason, let's start with you. Uh, About as high as I was last week on him, which is He has wide receiver three appeal. Uh, Atlanta's a good matchup, um, but he is on the road. On the road this season, he has fared decently well. Uh, Only one game in uh, over over 12 fantasy points, half PPR. So he saw seven targets last week. Kyle Allen does not have the most efficient throw. His true throw value is somewhere in the 20s. and Curtis Samuel doesn't see the most valuable throws. Those go to DJ Moore. So I'm never going to be super excited about Curtis Samuel. Yeah. I mean, uh, but if you have Andrew. Curtis Samuel on your roster, he's been boomer bust. Is this a boomer bust game for him? If you had to go with your gut. For me, I like Curtis Samuel in this game. I'd be okay due to the matchup playing him as a wide receiver three-year flex. Jason? Uh, same. Um, Greg Olson got knocked out like bad. Boxer knocked out. Like when they go down and their arms, you know, straighten out and shit. It was it's, it gets it's scary when that happens. Still not practicing as of Wednesday. He is in the concussion protocol. Any interest in either him or Ian Thomas? I mean, we're gonna get those people on Twitter who are gonna tweet, keep an eye on Ian Thomas this week because he's like the spark athlete and he had a couple of good games last year. If you're if you made it to the playoffs, week fourteen, you're in the quarterfinals, and you want to be the guy who takes a chance on Ian Thomas, go for it. I There's no way i tell you it's a good idea. Even <laughs> if Ian Thomas part? goes for 102 touchdowns, I'll still tell you I made the right decision not playing Ian Thomas. <laughs> this is the classic <laughs> fantasy analyst with nothing to lose type thing. Just say all week that it's Ian Thomas week, and then when you're wrong, no one's going to bother you because obviously you were wrong. So then on the <laughs> off chance that you were right, you just... Quote tweet yourself a million times like I'm a genius. It was Ian Thomas week. Um, it's definitely. Let's go to the other side. By the way, Austin Hooper looks like he's going to be back for this game. Before he left, he was the number one tight end on the year, and Carolina ranks 27th in DVOA against the tight end. Oh man, fire up some Austin Hooper. I mean, if he's back, yeah, fire him up. Simple as that. He looks like he's on track to come back. Last I checked, let me. I'm, I'm get. The, I'm gonna get that. He practiced on Monday. I don't know if he practiced. I don't know what his practice status has been since then. Um, but yeah, I mean, if if he's playing, good. So Austin Hooper is playing. Uh, if if he is playing, that has a lot of ripple effects around this whole thing because Russell Gage has been a good player, and uh, Julio Jones also is questionable for this game. Julio Jones missed. Last week. Um, so Calvin Ridley and Justin Gage. Because Julio Jones, you're playing and you're playing with confidence no matter what. Um, if he plays. So how yeah, do you feel 100%. about Ridley and Gage if Julio doesn't play and if Julio does play? I mean, this is this is one of those uh, things where you're going to have to keep checking the rankings later into the week. If Julio's out, Calvin Ridley obviously jumps up to low-end wide receiver one, high-end wide receiver two territory. That's how he's played with Julio out in the past. If Austin Hooper's out, he'll move up. If they both play, he's going to move down to more low-end wide receiver two, upside wide receiver three territory. Russell Gage is not even in consideration if both play. If one of them only plays, he'll be a flex option possibly. 
there's a lot of variables. You're just gonna have to wait and see how these injuries play out. Let's let's put it. Jones did practice today. Dan Quinn said he expects Jones to be back. So let's assume he does play. Yeah. You're not playing Russell Gage. What's your Calvin Ridley expectation? I mean, Calvin Ridley has been uh, very solid now for a few weeks. That yes, it coincides with the Austin Hooper uh, injury, which is a little worrisome if Austin Hooper does return. But I think he's been playing well enough to at least garner some more targets than he was getting prior. Like he got out targeted by Russell Gage a couple times prior, which was a joke against Carolina. Last time he played Carolina, he went eight for one forty-three on eight targets with a touchdown. So, yeah, fire him up. Devontae Freeman goes up against a Carolina run defense that has given up the most. That's right. No one has given up more fantasy points to the running back than the Carolina Panthers have. One of the reasons that Ron Rivera is fired right now, Riverboat Ron, is because of that situation. So, with that being said, how do we feel about Devontae Freeman this week? I don't understand that. If the goal, the key to winning in the NFL is this year i guess it's to let teams run on you like there are a lot of teams with bad run defense that are good so if that's why i got fired if what you just claimed is true i'm very much against there's it. bad and then there's running backs have scored 21 touchdowns against them bad yeah that's really bad so you know so, there's, there's bad and then there's so the bad. dilemma is what to do with Devonte freeman um because he's been poop on a stick recently but when you're dealing with a team this bad and you have a running back who, in week 10, was the last time he played before New Orleans. I mean, before. Oh, yeah. His last two games were against New Orleans. He had 13 touches and then 17 touches. Against a team that's given up 21 touchdowns. Those are 17 rushes. 21 touches overall if you count as four receptions. Oh, right. I don't know why I read that as 13. It was 17. Yeah. So he's being fed the ball. Uh, this is the Devontae Freeman we expected. Uh He's just not scoring touchdowns or putting up the numbers that we'd like to see. He's getting the volume, though. And when you're facing a team this bad, it, it's I know it's tough to trust someone who's disappointed you all year in the playoffs. But it's a good play. Jason yeah. called him poop on a stick. I'll give you this. Poop on a stick does not sound appetizing. But if you're starving in the desert and you find poop on a stick, you'll probably think it's delicious. I don't know. Maybe you could just... Go bite a head off and you go on her or something instead. No, it's the only thing. You're starving. It's the only thing. Put it in my belly. Delicious. Fucking the best thing you've ever had in your life. I'm getting a little nauseous just talking about this. So let's uh, move your on. Your favorite guy, Matt Ryan. Yeah, let's move discuss. on. To, I, was getting, I was getting to him. You got to show more trust like in your boy. I like you're going to skip him because it's Matt Ryan. No, you got to get more trust in your boy. I'm not playing Matt Ryan this week. I don't hate the idea of playing Matt Ryan this week. Um but I don't love it either. I think it's a streaming option. Carolina's been decent against the pass, but like you pointed out, man, everyone seems upset that Ron Rivera got fired. If they come out flat, that could mean big things for Matt Ryan. That's and true, the that's true. I lined the offense. I'm okay with streaming him, but it's it's pretty whis- risky with the... I was going to say, what was that? I can't say ours. It's pretty whiskey. It's pretty <laughs> risky with the way he's been going you're lately. Like, you're like Andy with the baby talk. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Office references, Let's baby. Go. Let's Andy get it, too. Baby. That's how you know you're Let's deep go. in. That's right. Uh, Andy W references. What whoa. What whoa. <laughs> whoa. All right. Let's get to our next game. Uh, by the way, Matt Ryan, um, garbage time master. And I just don't think that there's that much opportunity for garbage time in this game. Um, let's go over to our next matchup. A very interesting matchup here. 
the Ravens at the Buffalo Bills. Let's start. I mean, yes, let's start on the Buffalo Bills side because I have been uh, Josh Allen's number one supporter this year. I have been starting him almost every week in my fantasy leagues and loving it. This is why I am scared to start Josh Allen against Baltimore. Number one, Baltimore has given up the, the third least points to quarterbacks in fantasy. Number two, number two, excuse me. Baltimore has been even better than they were earlier in the year, late in the year. Number three, they practice against Lamar Jackson. There is no team that is more prepared for a running quarterback than the Baltimore Ravens are. So I am nervous as hell because I'm starting Josh Allen with no other options in one of my leagues. I am nervous as hell about Josh Allen this week. Yeah, I mean, I don't blame you. Baltimore pass defense has been... Too legit to quit since Marcus Peters went over there. Uh, one of the best in the league. One, he should win Comeback Player of the Year award if, if he's eligible. Honestly, he he's eligible. Like he's he eligible. he went from shitty to one of the better corners in the league. PFF has him ranked as the fifth best corner in the in the entire NFL. Yeah, it turns out maybe he just needed some talent around him. You know, so he can he, so he can play his game. Yeah, to actually trust other defenders around him, but. Yeah, he's been playing lights out. Marlon Humphrey has been great. So, tough matchup for Josh Allen, man. I have him as my QB 14 right now. So, streaming option because he's been so consistent this season. Only two games under 17 points. Excuse me, only one game under 17 points, which is just amazing. But that was against New England. And the most comparable team to that is Baltimore and at I don't, this point. I don't mean to repeat myself, but the reason why he's been so consistent is because of his legs. And you got a team that practices against Lamar Jackson. I don't think you can like. I don't think you can underrate that. Like you, there, there. He's not faster than Lamar Jackson. You know, he's doesn't. He's not a better runner than Lamar Jackson. So if you're playing against the best and you're stopping the best, it does make me nervous. On the other hand, John Brown has also been consistent. Uh, Allen loves to throw to John Brown. How do you feel about John Brown against Marcus Peters? Because Marcus Peters, yes. He takes his chances, but he loves to take his risks, and that usually means that someone can beat him deep if he takes the wrong risk at the wrong time. Jason, that is correct. Yeah, he's playing great, but he's a guy that deeks quarterbacks and goes to intercept passes, and all he has to do is undercut one ball and have it go over his head for John Brown to have a a happy day for all the folks out there. And John Brown has just been great this season, even the last couple weeks where he's only had. Two and three catches, he scored touchdowns to salvage his day. Uh, the four targets in each of those two games is not what you like to see, but that's probably an anomaly. He's seen more targets in every other game besides those two. So I'm going to keep firing up John Brown. I think he is the one of the perfect wide receivers to go up against Marcus Peters. Jason's favorite guy, Cole Beasley, also bro- broke out with 22 points against his old team, Dallas. We said revenge game. We did. We mentioned it. Revenge. And he got it. Uh, 22 points. Revenge. Um, against Baltimore. Baltimore against the slot receiver this season. Um, I I lost it. It's not here. I'll, it is third. So yeah. um, not not a week to play Colby's. Yeah, because Marlon Humphrey usually matches up against the slot receiver. So with that being said, yes. Oh, can we also mention that John Brown's touchdown last week was a passing touchdown? I, I feel like we can't just gloss over that because that's a cool-ass <clears throat> play. 
Yes. How about the DeAndre Hopkins passing touchdown? A free four points for DeAndre Hopkins. That was very cool, too. Teams are getting... You know what, man? I always find it weird when teams get tricky, pull out their tricky plays at this point of the season. Why? Like, these are... You gotta win. These are teams that are probably going to make the playoffs. Save that shit. That was a cool play. Yeah, it was. I don't know. I, don't know. I, feel like they I mean, the it. Texans don't have a guaranteed playoff spot at all. They're fighting yeah, for they that have division. A, so, uh, all right. It's, yeah, it's a better argument than the Bills. The Bills are likely getting in. Yeah, they're probably getting in. Unless they go on a, some kind of crazy slide. Yeah. Um, how do you, or do you have anything to add about Cole Beasley, Michael? Uh, you, I wouldn't trust him this week, really. Um, Dawson Knox, you're probably not playing if you want any success. So let's go to the other fantasy relevant players. Devin Singletary. Devin Singletary, um, another guy on Twitter where guys who were like, Devin Singletary's not that good. They just, they just want to. Talking about that guy who said he's just not fast enough. He'll never make it in the NFL. Yeah. Started cracking up when I read that. What the fuck? Like he showed a yo, great. Give it up, bro. I, like if I can, yard run. If I can admit Mitch Trubisky sucks, then everyone should be able to admit that anyone sucks that they see later. I was Mitch Trubisky's guy going into the season. Now I don't want anything to do with Mitch Trubisky. If I could, if I could do that in my head, they should be able to do that in their heads. This dude said Singletary is trash because a safety cut off his route to the end zone. A safety who starts like fifteen yards away from the damn guy. And who like if and you it was like cut a thirty way, yard gain, and it was a it was a it was a gang tackle. It was yeah. a two guy tackle. Terrible. Anyway, he had his second best um, game of the year, receiving touchdown. Something you love to see on a John Brown pass. On a John Brown pass, fa- facts the pass that we were just talking about. So Devin Singletary, but Baltimore has been stingy against the running back. Um, Singletary, probably if you owned him weren't playing him in the beginning, and all of a sudden you have a weekly RB2 that you've been playing probably in your flex or your RB2 spot, and he's he could have been a catapult for a lot of teams. We called that a few weeks back. He was probably a catapult for a lot of teams to get into the playoffs. So if he has been that catapult for you, you're going to have a hard time sitting him. So, you know, you got you to gotta play him. Yeah, his upside might be a bit capped against Baltimore. I still like him as a low-end RB2, though, because... You're talking about a guy who's going to get at least 15 touches on a good running football team, who a team that wants to run the ball um, at home against a team that has Lamar Jackson, right? So they're going to want to try to control the clock a bit. And Devin Singletary has shown that he's a very good running back, over 5.5 yards per attempt on the ground so far this season. Raheem Mostert just put up over 145 rushing yards against Baltimore, so they can be beaten on the ground. So I'm okay with Singletary as a RB2 option. Let's go over to the other side. Lamar Jackson is a magician. Um, play him. Be excited about it. So let's go over to his number one target, Mark Andrews. Michael, Mark Andrews, the second-ranked tight end on PFF this season. Um, catches a touchdown, as I predicted last week. Um this matchup, not the greatest for Mark Andrews. Buffalo has allowed actually the, the second to least points to tight ends, but Mark Andrews is not your average tight end. Um, out of all the league, Mark Andrews has the fifth most routes run out of the slot in general of any receiver in the league. So Mark Andrews is more than just a tight end. He's a slot receiver as well. Um, he's the number one target for a quarterback that's probably going to be the MVP. Um, I don't care about the matchup. I, in my opinion, Mark Andrews is matchup proof. The only people who stop Mark Andrews is the Ravens themselves. I don't think that's going to be the case because they have a Buffalo team that they're going to have to beat. Um, I like I need to Mark get a Andrews. Point out here. I need to get a point out here. 
I do not like, and I suggest not, looking at, except for when it's like the Cardinals, stuff like that, how teams do against tight ends. Because a lot of the time, teams that are good, in air quotes, against tight ends, are, it's just because they don't face good tight ends. And if you look at who the Bills have played this year, they played the Eagles, who have Ertz and Goddard, and besides that, the best tight end they've played is probably Ryan Griffin. Brodo, baby! You're getting that right here only. I'm right here. I'm right, I'm right here, here, homie. homie. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's from Coach Carter for all the listeners out there. Um, as I was saying, start Mark Andrews happily. Michael? Also, while I'm on the note of tidbits, I was thinking about it today because... <laughs> You're on uh, the note of on the tidbits. tidbits. I am... Um, I got the buy in the Brodo Patreon League. Congratulations. You, you, you knocked me out of the playoffs last week, you son of a bitch. I did. That's the um, only league I missed buy, the playoffs in. Suck my balls. I was just going to say, guy, if you have a buy, don't lollygag. Pick up the best streaming defense for next week now. Yes, yes. Make okay. sure you now get them and your opponent continue. does not. Hashtag tidbit. Um, Hollywood Brown going up against Shadavius White. How do we feel about Hollywood Brown? The receivers are very uh, well. Marquise Brown's the only receiver that you could really ever trust, uh, but he's very up and down because just the way that offense navigates. Uh, Mark Andrews is basically the wide receiver one, although he's a tight end. So Marquise Brown has a tough matchup here against Tre'Davious White. We saw him last week in a tough matchup against San Francisco. Go one reception for one yard. Albeit the weather was terrible, but they're going to be in Buffalo. It's going to be cold and. I don't love Marquise Brown this week. If you have to put him in your flex, I don't hate it, but I really don't want to trust him as a top 36 wide receiver. Mark Ingram, man, he's he's been such a conundrum because he's has fantastic games, but he also has a low floor. I mean, the, the floor is not going to kill you. Big trust. Hasn't scored less than seven points, so he has he's safe in terms of he's going to score you seven. But in the playoffs, you need your RB2 ish probably maybe some for teams even rb1 to put up a big game what are the chances he puts up a big game against buffalo look i've been saying since week i don't know three that mark ingram is just a touchdown dependent option and that's what he is but the good thing is that he has a decent floor so he's never going to kill you if he doesn't score a touchdown he's going to get you seven points and the bills have allowed more top 24 running backs than games they've played this season so they haven't been great against the run which means it's going to be a, a a good week to start Mark Ingram. Yep. Yeah, that's it, Michael. All you got to say is, yep. If you have Mark Ingram, it's not like you're going to put him on your bench. It's a good matchup for him, too. The the thing is with the Rave, I mean, with the, the Bills, they've allowed, like Jason said, but they haven't allowed the giant game uh, to almost, to really anyone. It's either yards or touchdowns. They haven't allowed that combination of both except for Saquon Barkley week two so interesting uh to note there um let's move on to our next game kiddos and kidettes um what you know kiddos and kidettes don't don't question me um Kelly, Kelly? the wow. Bengals at the Browns <laughs> is the next one I did, did you not yeah, realize what just happened no me you said kiddos and cadets and me and Jason at the same exact time said cadet Kelly what are you guys twins I think so. Who's Cadet Kelly? Uh, yeah, I, I'm embarrassed. I don't know why Michael like <laughs> honed in on this point. It's a Lizzie McGuire movie, right? From like back in the day, Disney Channel. Like, where do, oh. you, where do you guys' brains have room for this shit? 
Canada. We, you're in fucking grad school. Michael's taking grad school classes. You both, Michael's employed full time. By the way, holla at your boy. Um, we we go over every. You make rankings. You make. You have a girlfriend. You have families. Yo, all right. Where do your right. brains fit this the- crap? Canada. Cat. What? What? <laughs> That's where it does. Canadians are... Because if I asked you to put out, put out Canada on a map, you probably couldn't tell me where the fuck it is. North. <laughs> Michael, do you know what? Fun fact, Michael sucks at geography. Awful. Does not know the map at all. Maybe Awful. that's where oh, it is. Maybe, maybe that's the one gap in your guy's brain. No matter how many times I look at it, it just doesn't register in my brain. <laughs> Let's go over to Cincinnati at Cleveland. Um, this game, by the way, this game is a 41-point over-under, so a low... Point total, Cleveland is total an eight yuckers. and a half point favorite in this one. Cincinnati's offense came to life last week against the Jets uh, with the return of Andy Dalton. Um, T- Tyler Boyd owners rejoice. Uh, t- Andy Dalton's back and forced the ball to him even when he wasn't open. You got to love it. Um, so with that being said, let's start on that Bengals side. All of a sudden, the Bengals look a lot better with Andy Dalton. The only problem is the one Bengal that looked much better with the backup running back, I mean the backup quarterback, was Joe Mixon. And Joe Mixon kind of looks worse now. So Joe Mixon against this Cleveland defense, how are you feeling about him this week? I mean, I, I don't really agree with your stance. I mean, Mixon put up 15 half PPR fantasy points last week. Yes, he went 19 for 44 on the ground. But how many times are you going to have to see the Jets stifle a running back to just not right. expect it to happen. Uh, that's true. Right? All right, all right. And he so, still had 23 touches. I stand corrected. And four receptions. So fire him up as an RB2. Uh, the Andy Dalton add back into the offense was glorious for the Cincinnati offense. What about these wide receiver options, Jason? Tyler Boyd and Auden Tate both had decent games. Tyler Boyd had a big game. Auden Tate with a decent game. Um, John Ross also returns this week. Um, maybe he goes for a long one. Uh, if you If you guys need... A reminder, John Ross was the number one wide receiver in yards after week two. More touchdowns and the same amount of 100-yard games as OBJ. Oof. Horrible. It's crazy. Um, but, I yeah. Mean, but if you're looking at Tyler Boyd, you basically can just ignore the middle chunk of this season where Andy Dalton wasn't starting and then realize that he's been pretty damn consistent with Andy Dalton out there. And he's a full PPR wide receiver, too. Half standard wide receiver three with upside. I'm throwing him out there. Cleveland is not a daunting matchup. He's been very good with Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton's clearly an upgrade. So I, I'm I'm starting Boyd. I feel like John Brown, John Ross coming back hurts uh, Auden Tate more than anything because Auden Tate's been consistent with Andy Dalton. Basically puts up eight half PPR fantasy points a game uh, in one league. I just always have him in as my flex whenever Andy Dalton is playing. But now with John. Ross coming back, that could change. Uh, I'm lower on Auden Tate. I wouldn't, because with an upside of eight, now with John Ross back, what's his upside going to be five? Yeah. So you don't want to throw him out there. And John Ross, I wouldn't trust yet either. So it's my goats. Uh, no streaming potential for Andy Dalton, right? No. No. Let's go over to the other side. Now, this is a juicy, juicy, juicy matchup. You, we mentioned that Odell Beckham Jr. has not been good, but he does have good games every once in a while. I think that this is one. I'm not scared to put Odell Beckham Jr. out there against this team. I mean, Cincinnati's outside coverage on wide receivers has actually been decent this season. And at this point, who is OBJ? Like, let's be real. 
He does not have a single game over seven receptions this season. And guess what? He only has one game with seven receptions. One game in the last five with six receptions. He has five receptions or under in five of his last six games. Are you kidding? Like, this is the guy who's supposed to be, like, a top three wide receiver in the league. We all remember that one-handed touchdown catch and how he's the best player in the league as a rookie and all that. I don't know what's going on with him. I don't know if it's the offense. I don't know if he's just gotten worse as his career went on. It's entirely odd to me. I just don't understand it. This guy put up over 1,300 yards each of his first three seasons in the league with double-digit touchdowns. If you want to play uh, OBJ, do it. I'm just like we've there's have been smash spots for him or in the past this season, and it just really hasn't worked out. The only time it has is against the Jets and the Dolphins. So, so this is a good spot for him, but I don't see how you could trust him as more than a wide receiver two at this point with a ton of floor as well. He could get you seven points. Dogs, cousins, sisters, brothers, uncles, friends, relative has a question for you, Jason. Do you start yep. Robert Woods or OBJ this week? Mm, OBJ. Jason, Michael? It, it's tough. If you want safety, you go Robert Woods. If you're looking for upside, you go OBJ. What about Jarvis Landry, who's clearly been the number one receiver in this um, in this wide receiver duo? It, you know, it's, it's kind of... Um, it was kind of a microcosm of who these guys are and what the season has been in terms of fantasy for these guys. On that play where Jarvis Landry got both of his toe taps down in last week, remember that play? Yep. Excellent catch on the sideline. That play was in the vicinity of both OBJ and Jarvis Landry. Jarvis Landry went all out, got the catch, made the catch, sacrificed his body, put on the line. Odell Beckham pulls up. Ceases, give, gives the the reins to Landry to make the play. And I think that's just kind of been a microcosm of what it's been this season. With that being said, Jarvis Landry is someone that you have been not only happy to play, but he's been a uh, wide receiver one with the in, in the last four weeks. Um, I mean, you got to play him again. Yeah. And you got to expect big things. 11 targets last week, 13 targets the week before, 7 10. He's just he's a target monster. He's the real number one wide receiver on this team at this point. It, do you guys have anything to add on that? Or you, I mean, if you're not playing, if you're a two wide receiver league, you're playing Jarvis Landry. If you're in a three wide receiver league, you're playing Jarvis Landry. There's no way you could keep him out of your lineup right now. Baker Mayfield. What do you guys think about him in the streaming candidacy? Baker. <sighs> what streaming candidacy? <clears throat> So you're not you're not fond of it even in this great match. Honestly, he just he hasn't been as good this season and with the hand injury, I'm not taking a shot. I know that he's going to be able to play, but Tim, I think you said it on the preview pod, uh a hand injury will hurt will harm a quarterback no matter what, even if it's just with how he grips the ball. And I'm not taking a less than 100% Baker Mayfield to the bank with me on playoff day oh jason you listen to the, the, the podcast when you're not on it <laughs> so sweet. special guest um kareem hunt nick chubb um it's been <laughs> enough to go around the past few weeks but last week nick chubb had his first bad game of the season i think like the, the game 8.4 points that's his lowest output of the year coming at a bad time yeah coming at a bad time but cincinnati arizona is his next two matchups Great matchups. On the other hand, 
Kareem Hunt. Uh, he's getting more and more involved in the offense every single day. So with that being said, 12 touches for him last week, 15 points. So he outscored Chubb for the first time this year. Is that a trend that we're going to see continue? Or is that uh, something an anomaly and, you're, and you don't really have a doubt about Chubb? I mean, at this point, it's Melgo and Austin Eckler, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Just switch those names, and it's the same exact situation. So I'm playing both. Uh, Nick Chubb is an RB1 because he gets the touchdown appeal and the carries and a couple targets. And then Kareem Hunt, who's just been a consistent pass-catching running back as well, similar to Austin Eckler, as a solid RB2 and a great flex play. So that's all for our first episode here. That is our last matchup. Um, Come back for our second episode to get the next 10 matchups. Uh, Mike, where can they find you? Mike underscore Patrop. Jason, where can they find you? Jason Patrop. Did you guys say that at the same time? Sound yeah. like stereo. What was that? Uh, you can find me uh, at Tim Patrop on all social media outlets, but only if you're feeling real, real, frisky, real frisky. Frisky. Uh You can find us all at BrotoFantasy.com on Twitter. Don't forget about the live stream that's going down at BrotoFantasy on Instagram. One last shout out for the men over at Thrive Fantasy. Put in promo code BRODO when you sign up and get $10 on your first deposit of $10 or more. With that being said, we'll see you in whenever you press play next. See you then, or I'll see you another time. Peace. Later.